It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. It's always great when Broadway comes to Las Vegas, and Broadway in this case is in the person of my guest, Tony Award winner Santino Fontana, performing in Myron's at the Smith Center this Saturday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. For ticket information, go to thesmithcenter.com, and you can follow Santino on Instagram and X. And Santino, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm delighted that you were able to join me. And there's this rumor that I started, Santino, that you were thinking of performing on Broadway before you were born. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to ask my embryonic self, and I can't. Uh, yeah, no, I have no idea. No, no I know. I know. I, the only reason I say that is because you have had such a great career on Broadway and also obviously in other media as well. But Clearly, you were designed for the stage, or you're headed for the stage. So, when did you decide to pursue a musical career? How old were you at the time? Uh, oh gosh. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know when I decided to really seriously. I guess in high school, the end of high school was the first time anyone had said, "Like, do you want to really do this?" But because you probably could, or you could try. I think that's what I was told. You could. You definitely could try. <laughs> and that, to me, was a huge. His name was Brad Cresswell. It was and, and Carrie Libkin were two teachers at Interlochen Arts Camp where I went the summer before my senior year of high school. I was there, you know, I was in West Side Story with Michael Arden as Tony and Alex Michaels uh, was uh, Bernardo. And he people would know him as Alexis Michelle, the very, very, very popular drag queen. Mm -hmm. Um so uh, it was that summer that I think people were like, you know, people said, if you wanted to do this, you, you, you have a shot. Yeah. And you obviously followed that advice when you decided to pursue that avenue. I know you, I think it was 18. You won the Lionel Hampton jazz festival. Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. When you were 18. So that that's incredible. Again, was this something that you eventually internalized after these People said to you, look it, I think you can do it. We think you can do it if you if you put your mind to it and go for it. Was it was it that? And then you internalize that going forward for the rest as you went through your career? No, absolutely not. No, I mean, I think I don't think so. I, I also I grew up. My grandfather was a big influence on me and he always had jazz uh, music playing always. And so I grew up uh, and I played piano. I was in the jazz band. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do, I'll be like a, if I'm going to go into music, I really loved acting, but if I wanted to go into music, I would do, you know, Harry Connick Jr. was a big thing. He still is a big thing, of course, but that was a big inspiration. And, um, the Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival, uh, I went, I, yeah, I was a senior in high school and went to, it's in Idaho, University of Idaho. And I won and got to sing with, you know, on stage with, Diane Reeves and Lionel Hampton was there. He was still alive at the time. And uh, I think, I don't think Kurt Elling was there, but he had been there recently, you know, amazing jazz performers. And I thought, Oh, maybe this is what I'm going to do. Um, 
And then like you'd said about, or like I'd said about Interlock and they'd said, well, if you want to do this theater thing, I think you could do that. And no, it was a lot of just kind of fumbling around to figuring out what am I want to do? What do I have to commit to? And knowing that I didn't want to, at that time, you know, to have a nine to five job. I didn't think that was going to work for me. Well, um, but no, there was no real, no. I, I mean, again, I'm from a small town in Washington state. My family before that was from California in the Bay area. And, uh, no one, no one made a living in the arts, let alone as a performer. I knew no one. Uh, so it still didn't seem very real. So I was grabbing whatever I could, you know, what was the one break, I guess, that you got in addition, obviously, the Lionel Hampton Festival, but was there another break that you got that really set the tone for your career? Yeah, I think the first time I felt like I may be able to really do this, I had I went to college at the University of Minnesota in the Guthrie Theaters after training program. Uh, Aya Cash was in my class, great actress. She's in um, that TV show, You're the Worst. You've seen her in a million things. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Uh, Anyway, I had been, after graduation, I became a company member at the Guthrie briefly. And in 2006, I played Hamlet uh, there and thought, you know, I think I'll be able to find a way to do this. Just, uh, just you know, the goal was not have to wait tables, not have to have a side job at the time. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. So right. that was, I think, the big, that was the first time I felt like, oh, I may be able to... I may be able to figure this out. Um, well, so as I hear you saying this, it is both Lionel Hampton and Shakespeare that got you going. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird, right? Again, <laughs> yeah, a real grab bag of like, just try to survive. Um, well, I want to go back for a second, though, because you I don't want to let this go. The fact that Lionel Hampton was still alive and you got you, he got to see you perform and you got to see him. That's pretty yes. impressive. You know, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, to me, it was amazing. Yeah. Now, clearly, Shakespeare was not alive when you performed him, so... That, you know, <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> okay. Long gone. <laughs> Is there a way that you knew that you were going to go in one direction as opposed to several? What I mean by that is this. You've done voice work, you've done stage work, you've done film work, television, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. How do you decide which way you're going to go? Or did you decide when you made that commitment to not wait tables that you were going to learn every aspect of the entertainment business. I think that's right. I think there, I think I felt granted, I had no models of anyone I knew who had done it. And in school, you know, in college and at Interlock and included, and still everyone is always talking about how hard it is, right? How hard it is to make a living at this, how hard it is to get ahead, how hard it is to get a foot in the door and then how to, how hard it is to stay in the room. Um, so I think I really internalized that as, oh God, I better be able to do as many things as I can. And, uh, and also, you know, it helps. I, I really do enjoy all those things. That's part of what I love is, the you know variety is the spice of life right like i love that spin the wheel whether it's classical music you know i've I've been lucky enough to sing with a bunch of orchestras i've uh done club dates at jazz clubs i've done more theater oriented cabaret performances those are just music things and then you've got like you said audiobooks television film 
theater, just try to keep it moving and keep challenging myself and making it interesting for me. And hopefully audiences or collaborators will agree. Yeah. Well, they obviously do, given your, your long success at this point, and you're a relatively young guy as well. And the fact that you, now you're coming to Las Vegas, and I want to talk about your performance at Myron's at this Saturday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. in just a second. But I, mm-hmm. I, I want to go back a little bit first in terms of your approach, because there's a slogan or a phrase that I heard many years ago, and I don't know who to attribute it it too, but I think you're the perfect person to understand it, which is be happy in your work for your long time dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and great. I love that. Clearly yeah. you you are working hard, even though you don't feel like you're working hard because you enjoy it as opposed to waiting tables that others can do that and enjoy it. You know yeah. what you enjoy. And so you committed to it and you're performing in all these various media and it requires, it's not just the the enjoyment that you get on stage or behind a, a microphone or in front of a camera, but it also is a lot of dedication, rehearsal, learning lines, et cetera. So somehow you're able to incorporate all of that and still make it enjoyable. And I can hear the, the joy in your voice. It hmm. is a... Um, some people I talk to over the years, they're they're great artists, but they don't necessarily exude happiness. You have this happiness within your voice. Does has anybody else mentioned that to you? I think there, I people have it. Yeah, I think especially when talking about talking about what we do or what I do, I think there is a uh, that wasn't the royal we. I meant artists. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, I understand. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, we'll take it out of context. I'll be a monster and canceled tomorrow. The um, I uh, the I think you know often we're actor friends of mine. We're all you know go 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 go. Got to find the next job. Got to find the next thing that you know whether it interests us or can pay the bills or do all of those things, you're constantly out of work, you know? So it's a constant uh, search for the next thing. Um, so it's very rare that we get to kind of sit back and, or I get to sit back and talk about it. And so talking about it actually reminds me of why I love it. Right. Cause I don't get to, I'm, I'm just doing it. Uh, otherwise I'm not talking about why I'm doing it or what I'm doing. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying. Yeah, you're to in the, the you're, breath of air. You're, yeah, you're in the moment, and you're you're actualizing. How's that for a term? You're actualizing yourself, yeah. as opposed to talking about actualizing yourself. Except right now, when you're talking with me, but it's understandable because I'm asking the questions and you're explaining it. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, when you are focused on a part, whether it's on stage or again, maybe it's an audio recording or it's a film or it's a television show or whatever it happens to be when you're focusing on a part are you aware of the collaborative process in each of those media because it all requires obviously the stage does but even all these other media requires some degree of collaboration cooperation and then when you have a lot of artists working together there's always one or two artists that are more diva-like, if that's the term, than others, mm-hmm. or more stubborn or more whatever. That's part of the creative process, too. I, I always give slack to artists because it's part of, I think, the creativity. They Some people are more difficult than others. You seem to be a very easy guy to work with. Oh, you're very sweet. I'm sure there are people who disagree. Uh, I'm Let's find them right from, now. Let's get on the phone. That was a joke from I think I do feel... Um, yeah, I don't like 
I, I pretty actively try to destroy any superstition that starts building any kind of ritual that needs to be followed through. You know, I know I have friends that they need to do this and then they need to do that and they need to do that. And I feel like it just continues to build and that person becomes insane um, eventually. So I actively try to fight that. And I also, I love what you said about, you know, be happy in your work that I love the doing of it. The, the, and I say that to students a lot too, that if you can find the thing that when you're doing it, it feeds you in some way that nothing else can, then you're doing the, then you're, you found it. You have to keep doing that. So that, that is very different than a lot of the trappings that comes with this career, some of which are lovely and some of which are not. Um, but I don't, I mean, and I wonder, you know, I've had, I've had representatives in the past kind of, um, wish, I think I enjoyed other parts of the business, not enjoyed kind of like a lot of friends of mine love going on a red carpet and taking photos and getting photo shoots. Not my fave. I, I, I'm fine with it. I can have a good time doing it, but it all seems like totally unrelated to what I do or to what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's it can be a battle in the showbiz world of trying to balance those things but no i don't i would much rather sit around at a bar or at a restaurant and talk to my friends who are actors or writers or designers and artists and talk about what's the next thing we can create what are we trying to say what do we want to say what do we want to do that's where that's my happy place so there's not a lot of room for diva people in that space because no one would put up with it <laughs> to talk about we're not going to talk about what you're wearing i don't care um we're talking about what are we doing you know and not what's the impact it's going to have on what group of people or where will it be or how much money will we make no it's what are we saying what do we want to do um yeah isn't that the, isn't that the balance or the the dichotomy between the artist in you and the person that has to do some marketing and promotion as well yeah, but marketing and promotion can be, this is fine. Like, you're not asking me, you know, it's not, this is about the work. This is ultimately about exactly. what I'm doing exactly. uh, as opposed to going to an awards show or going to this and having right. this party and the, you know, that's it. That's, that can create monsters. It can, I've seen it. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I think I would kick my own ass if I became someone who needed green M&Ms in a jar in my desk. <laughs> um, I would kill myself. I, I couldn't do it. I, I understand. How do you retain that enthusiasm and your lack of cynicism while you accomplish all of these various artistic endeavors? That's a trick because if you can do it, not everybody can do it. I've talked to people who are not able to do that, but you seem to be very grounded and not just grounded, but also uh, what I would call uncynical, if that's a term or a word that we can, mm. you seem I, to be able to do that. How do you do that? I mean, I feel like that's kind also. I, I listen, listen, I have my days I, and I can go dark as dark as anyone can go. The, I do also think, but I like to, I, I want to always keep room for both. You know, it can't all just be sunshine and rainbows, but right. it also, I also have been doing this long enough to know that things can change in a moment. Things can change in a second. I could get a phone call when we're finished that could completely change the next 
year, four years, six years of my life. I, and then even that's not guaranteed. Right. So it's so I've had amazing things that I've been lucky enough to be a part of. And I've had really not great stuff happen. (laughs) Um, and I'm able, I've now had enough of both that I realized this is the game and the only steady thing, the only constant is the doing and the relationships. That's it. There's working relationships, right? What some, you, you know, yeah, you've paired, it, you've paired it down to the essentials. Yes. That's it. And I think on my best days, I'm able to really see the, the bright side of that. And, uh, you know, and then I have terrible days too, where I feel like, oh, this is impossible. This is too hard. This is not. Wait a minute, Santino. You mean you're human? Yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> very. The um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I see. I listen. I'm also. I'm recently a, uh, not that recently, but I'm a father, and I think that has changed my outlook. I think the pandemic has has definitely woken me up to the reality of we can't control anything we're along for this ride. We can only control the little that we can. Um, and the rest, we got to just, you know, roll with it. Sure. Yeah. I think your philosophy, if I might be, uh, maybe, uh, too, uh, self-important to, to, to vocalize it this way, but it seems like you're erring on the side of decency. <laughs> yes. Always. I like that. Yeah. Which is a, a, a great way to look at a long-term career as opposed to being, the other way. So yes, everybody gets those dark moments, but you've, when you can, you go to the light to use a, a term that's been used as opposed to the dark. Yeah. I try. Well, yeah, well, definitely. Speaking of the light. So Myron's this Saturday, February 3rd at 7 PM. What are you going to be doing there? So I'm doing a show where again, and this is, this ties back to what we were just talking about. The, I uh, feel like the pandemic taught me, you can't control what's going to happen. And I had a great teacher who always said, whatever is actually happening on stage is always going to be far more interesting than what you've planned. And (laughs) so that's what this show is. I have chosen around 25 to 30 songs um, that I love from, uh, you know, the American songbook jazz influenced as well as Broadway influenced some from movies, uh, all of these songs and the audience will help me guide the evening by choosing numbers, which then correlate with a certain song. And so, uh, you know, if the audience doesn't like the show, it's their fault. Uh, the, I, yeah. yeah. And it, I feel like when I'm on my toes, I'm at my best anyway, and it makes it more fun for me. And I think for the audience, so I'm going to be singing. And also all those songs come with, you know, various stories and yeah, it's going to be a fun rip roaring you know 70 minutes or whatever it is 90 minutes yeah it's a perfect room for you too it's very intimate and it's very comfortable and you yeah i performed there with my wife my wife did a show uh, did idaho which was at the smith center that musical and then yes that's right yeah i did a concert in myron's room before it was called myron's room and uh uh and Jess was there. My wife was with me. Uh, Jessica Hirschberg. Yes. Yes. Uh, And I hadn't been back in a long time and the pandemic ended. And I can't remember how I came across Myron. We were talking or I saw him online or something. And I said, hey, are you guys having people back in that room yet? I would love to come back. And he was generous enough to say, of course, come. And uh, so I'm coming. You know, it's time. Are you bringing Jessica with you? 
at least no we were going to but we uh, but it, with child care and stuff we decided it makes less sense so yeah, no, make it, she's uh, gonna I'm hang sure back and um yeah so it'll be just me but uh i'm very excited yeah it's it's also i like the idea of getting the audience to buy in and participate with you in terms of selection of songs not obviously selection of your history with these songs but certainly picking the one so, picking some of the songs that you'll be performing yeah absolutely yeah it's fun it's fun and i think uh you know with all in contrast to all the tv work or film work that people are watching or uh streamers all this stuff that people are engaging in there's something great to be reminded of what a live performance really is and if i'm and I, so i wanted to really embrace that like anything can happen we're gonna let's go and i it's also you know i love that that's kind of where i'm most comfortable so yeah, the, spo the spontaneity of it all yes exactly great. i have occasionally asked a guest this question and i think you're the perfect one to do it again i don't like to do it too often because you get into a rut if you ask every guest that you have on the show the same questions and i never do but this one has come up every so often and i as i'm listening to you i'm going to ask you this question which is do you consider yourself an old soul Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, I have been, other people have said that about me in the past. I think, I think there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. I think um, the reason I ask, I think in terms of what you've been talking about, also in terms of your connection to the great American songbook and your mm -hmm. appreciation of certain artistic endeavors, I just get that sense. But I can't define you. You have to define you. And if you feel you don't know, then that's fine too. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I go back to, I love all those songs that have stood the test of time. They're not going anywhere. You know, they're going to come back. <laughs> it's all, um, and I think, uh, and I love them. Uh, I'm not a big, you know, I feel like often there are a lot of people who are chasing uh showbiz can be a lot like a children's soccer game you know like the ball goes to one end and everybody runs to it mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm always <laughs> like maybe we should hang back a little like why are we all chasing this one ball it seems a little silly when at times so you know chasing relevance or chasing what's hot or what's i had uh somebody i worked with who said well we have to go where the heat is I was like, go, <laughs> go where the heat is what is okay all right um, you know, no, in, in this, in this instance, no, singing songs that I want, I'm choosing songs that I know are great and that are worthy of being reheard as well as that they have a connection to me is, uh, something I love to do. So yeah, if that makes me an old soul. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we'll find out though. There's something I want to go back to for a second, because I think this was in 2015 that you became the first guest singer to perform with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Three times in a uh, single year? Yes, that I think is true. I think that is true. I think I'm well, the first person to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you can confirm you were there, even if it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, to talk about coming out of nowhere, I was doing a reading of a play, a great play written by Keith Bunin, that I was in a workshop of with Olympia Dukakis. And I loved her. It was We were there for like a week, working on this very intimate two-hander uh drama and um i got this call from my agent and i came in after a break and i was like this is so random 
they the Mormon Tabernacle Choir just asked me to sing with them. <laughs> and Olympia Dukakis was like, what? And I was like, yeah, isn't that weird? I, I have no idea how they found my name. I don't know why me. And also, I hadn't done a lot of concerts at that point. Uh, a, a handful, but not a lot of, like, you know, orchestra work. And right. she said, I was like, I don't know if I should do that. I, I don't know if I'd be good at it. I don't know anything about it. And Olympia Dukakis was like, you're going to do it. She was like, that's, you have to do this. Absolutely. It's an adventure. You know, it's a, it's a 360 person choir, a hundred person orchestra. You're doing it. And, uh, I did. And then they had me back and they had me back again. I had a great time, uh, with them. They're great musicians and they were very kind. And, um, the language of music is probably the best place for us to connect because I am not Mormon. I, I have a lot of Mormon friends actually, but, um, and now I do especially, but, uh, no, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Yeah. It is amazing. What was the feeling like being, being on stage performing with that, that big of a choir and insane, insane. You know, that building, it's the largest, uh, not the tabernacle, but the, the, the conference center where the performances are, it's the largest, I think it's the largest indoor theater in the country. It can hold two 747s. And it's, uh, it's massive. It is an insane experience. It's, uh, and also uh, kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, you realize now you're going to have to go to the other extreme and perform at the Grand Ole Opry. I've never done that. Actually, you know, I've gone, <laughs> I did a concert at a, in uh, Nashville. Where was that? But and we went by it. But I have, I have not. No, yeah, no, I know nothing. <laughs> Please, I'll wait for that call. I think we'll be waiting a longer time. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> yes. But the, your call at Myron's is going to be coming up very shortly. Are you planning a series of uh, return appearances at the Smith Center after this performance? None that I, uh, I mean, none are planned. I'd love to come back. I mean, I love to. I love a busy calendar of having things to do. So, <laughs> and then if things change, life changes, jobs change, then it'll, it'll change. Right. But um, no, I'd love to come back. I have family in California, so it's not far. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I really enjoyed my time when I was there. So. Of course you have to balance it all your busy schedule, which I know you like to do. We talked about it, but you have to balance that with obviously family obligations as well. Yes, exactly. That's so that, the new... that, that works out. Are you working on any other projects that we should know about uh, in addition to the Smith Center performance? There's some other, there's a performance. I'm doing a performance March 1st in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm doing uh, a cruise in March of a bunch of, with Bernadette Peters and a bunch of very fancy Broadway folk. Uh, March 13th to the 18th. It's called the Broadway Cruise. I've got a, a movie that I shot with... Um, June Squibb and Stacy Keach and John Lovitz and oh, what's his name? I'm losing my. Oh, you're doing pretty well remembering it. What's these... his name? The guy uh, uh, Dennis Haysbert is in it as well, and uh, but also uh, he played the president on West Wing. Oh my gosh, my brain. He was Martin in Apocalypse Sheen? Now. Martin Sheen. Okay. Yeah. So there's a movie I shot with them that hasn't come out yet. Um, and uh, there's nothing else really. I've got little things that are in the. You know, that's a lot of probably... stuff, though, Sandino. Come on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, good. <laughs> it's good. No complaints. But I'm waiting for the next. I don't have anything like big of like, what's the next, you know, what is the next thing I'm really going to be focused on in the next role or anything. So you're going to get you're going to get that you're going to get that call right after we finish.
this interview. I hope from yeah. your lips. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Santino Fontana. He's performing in Myron's at the Smith Center this Saturday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. For ticket information, go to thesmithcenter.com and you can follow Santino on Instagram and X. And Santino, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Everything you want us to do.